the debate's raging on the Michael Riley into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Does he deserve to be in, yes or no? Last I saw, the whopping majority of people said that, yes, he should be in. I don't have a vote. I'm willing to sit back and listen. Mike Riley's, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Mike Riley's a very great player. He's one of the best we've seen. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's a great question. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is the RP Show. Hello, Canada. Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome. Welcome inside the Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. Our residency continues here from beautiful southern Alberta. RP in the chair, ready to talk sports for the next two hours. The Moose is here, Darren DuPont. We've got a live studio audience, and we'll be telling you about that. Uh, coming up on the program today, Lucky Whitehead, one of the most electrifying receivers in the Canadian Football League. Lucky Whitehead of the BC Lions will be joining us. And then in hour two, right here at Gray Eagle, TSN Director of Scouting Craig Button will be with us, the former general manager of the Calgary Flames. This jersey over my shoulder here, don't get mad Edmonton I, th- I thought I would throw it up because I'm going over to Theo's house tomorrow to get that signed I picked it up yesterday at the mall moose as you know you were with me yes and I thought you know what we're in Calgary when in Rome let's throw the jersey up and uh, and Brandon here the star production guy says that'll go great because I've got flames lighting over moose's shoulder <laughs> so for the people watching that's all that? red they changed that it's only been 10 days that we got the set finally adorned and Calgary colors. Well, it looks great. The red and orange and, and the jersey's a nice touch to the set, man. It looks great. I thought so. I yeah. thought so. When in Rome. Listen, uh, we have breaking news to get to. Casino. Uh, but it was Moose's birthday yesterday. If I dare say, as a witness to it, it seemed like one of the best birthdays of your life yesterday. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, there was we did the zoo. Right. Had a hot tub. Um, had dessert. Even had a 911 call. I mean, it was... By an accidental 911 call, yeah. It was just about everything you could want. Those don't go over well. But I wanted to say something about the Calgary Zoo. People were asking, you know, what's it? Is it as good in the wintertime? It's at least as good in the wintertime. And I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here, Moose. So we go there and we're walking around. So I couldn't remember. It's been a long time since I've been at the Calgary Zoo. I couldn't remember how much was outside versus how much was inside. Ended up wearing my leather uh, Pats jacket that's like 25 years old. And you were all over me for that. I was wearing sweatpants and this leather jacket. Well, that was the thing. It wasn't because of the jacket. It was because it was matched with the track suit. Didn't... I said, it's the junior hockey outfit. I've worn this 10,000 times. What's the problem? Anyways, we get into the zoo and there's a sign. There's no bears. And there's a sign that says, sorry, the bears are hibernating for the winter. They might come out when there's a Chinook. This guy says, we paid 30 bucks a head and $15 parking. Wake him up. But <laughs> you like that one, eh, Shucks? And then we go into the penguin tank. And uh, I guess I didn't see the sign that said, keep your hands to yourself. So I was leaning over the rail to get a, there was a fight between two penguins. I swear to God. Yeah. And this one came out of the water. Eep. Right, nipped at me, and the, I didn't even get in trouble. The lady just go. You were standing there. She comes by. She goes. Now you know. I thought oh, you were going to lose the finger right I to the knuckle. <laughs> I said it was far worse when I was on a boat in the Everglades at the crocodile uh, crocodile place. Would keep your hands on the boat. This is a little different. And then we went by the zebra cage, and. <laughs> <laughs> the male zebra it was feeding time and he was mildly aroused Spicy. and I just stopped <laughs> oh, I know I was like Whoo. 
okay? It was, yeah, it was, it was something. <laughs> I know. It was, uh, he was ready. And I, he was. I mean, I'm still getting messages. I mean, I've wanted to eat before, but he really wanted to eat. I know. And <laughs> you put it on our social media and the messages that we got afterwards. I mean, referees have never been so popular. I know, right? As they were yesterday. One of the chicks like the refs. The zebras. Anyways, uh, oh, so that was the day at the zoo. Thank you. Thank you, Calgary Zoo. We had a great time. Thanks for hosting us. We have breaking news as we get this thing back on track today. The Vancouver Canucks have filled their vacant general manager position, hiring Pittsburgh Penguins assistant general manager Patrick Alvin today. The three-time Stanley Cup winner becomes the 12th general manager in the franchise's history. He's 47 years of age, has been with the Penguins for the past 16 seasons, and was the director of amateur scouting before he was promoted to assistant GM in November of 2020. The move to Vancouver reunites him with Jim Rutherford who served as Pittsburgh's GM from 2014 to 2021 and led the team to back-to-back -back Stanley Cups in 2016 and 17. So if this guy's in charge of scouting for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would suggest Moose, he knows what he's doing. He's from Lexand, Sweden, mm -hmm. and spent nine years playing pro hockey in North America. We'll get the lowdown from Craig Button as well when he comes up uh, and joins us in hour two. Moving on, speaking of uh, Penguins on the ice last night, Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang had a Four-goal third-period barrage to get the Pittsburgh Penguins a 6-3 win over the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we're doing one-timers here, just flying through Tuesday night's NHL action. In Raleigh, Sebastian Aho's second goal of the game, 349 into overtime, gave Carolina a 4-3 win over Vegas after blowing a two-goal lead late in regulation. In Winnipeg, Mason Marchment scored twice and added a helper. And Florida defeated Winnipeg 5-3 to achieve an NHL best 63 points. In Vancouver, Connor McDavid scored with 23.4 seconds left in overtime, powering the Edmonton Oilers to a 3-2 comeback win over the Vancouver Canucks. The Edmonton captain tapped a pass from Darnell Nurse into the top of the net for his 20th goal of the season. The Oilers outshot Vancouver 50-27, but struggled to get pucks past Vancouver goalie Spencer Martin. Uh, elsewhere in Newark, Joe Pavelski had two goals and two assists, and Dallas extended its winning streak to four games with a 5-1 victory over New Jersey. In Ottawa, Tyler Ennis had a hat trick to lead Ottawa over Buffalo 5-0. Everybody's talking about Sabres goalie Aaron Dell, who the forechecking Tyler Ennis was, or uh, Drake Batherson was coming, and for whatever reason, Dell reached out and what did he give? Give him the business. How about that? Blockered him, I guess. He went awkwardly into the end boards. Batherson's now going to miss the All-Star game. Interestingly enough, goalies are talking about this. Everybody's talking about it, but I had a lot of goalies writing me here today saying, what do you think about this? And I think Arendelle just stopped the puck. You can't ever do that. It's dumb. Batherson didn't expect it. And he's got a hearing today with the NHL, I guess, that he, he's looking at potentially a suspension. And I wouldn't argue. Just stop the puck. I didn't have a problem with it coming out against Boston and laying a body check the other night. I thought that was kind of cool. NLL style. This was cheap, dirty, and dangerous, and now Drake Batherson has to miss the All-Star game. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree, and that's tough, you know, especially when it's a guy that's going to go to the All-Star game uh, for him to miss. Um, goalies, I see it from their perspective, too, though. It's like we come out of the net, and sometimes we get hit. Can't we deliver a check once in a while? These guys are always skating right through our crease and right through the front of the net, but uh, no, you just can't do it. It's he a dangerous reached, play. Yeah, I mean, he reached out of the net 
There was no reason to do it. A body check would be different. It was a cheap shot. Yeah, what it was. Uh, Zach Parisi scored the tie-breaking goal with just over eight minutes left in the third period, and Ilya Sorokin made 14 saves as the New York Islanders edged Philadelphia 4-3. The reeling Flyers notched their franchise record 13th straight loss. So there's a lot of things coming out of Tuesday's NHL games, and we'll be covering that throughout the morning or the afternoon, depending where you're watching. Now, Moose, it's time for the weekly NHL top five and bottom five. So here we go, as named by the host of the Rod Peterson Show, me. The number one team of the National Hockey League is the Florida Panthers. They put the win in Winnipeg and an NHL best 63 points. The Panthers again atop the NHL. Number two team, the Colorado Avalanche. How about these guys? Winners of seven in a row. Number one in the West, the Avalanche are the second best team in the National Hockey League. Number three, Tampa Bay. I'm calling it the flea for three. What do you think? Okay. It's very much alive. The flea for three. Unless you can find a better name for the three-peat. Uh, number four, the New York Rangers. They're the first place team in the NHL's toughest division. The Rangers are the fourth best team in the NHL. And number five may surprise you, the Nashville Predators. Ooh. Coming out of nowhere, Smashville has usurped Pittsburgh and moved into the top five poll. 57 points are number two in the NHL West. And now, because nobody else will tell you who the bottom five teams are in the NHL, but we will. These are them. Number 28, I got to say, the Vancouver Canucks. Will the real Canucks please stand up? They're on a losing streak now after the win streak. I know. Will the real Vancouver Canucks please stand up? The 29th team, the Seattle Kraken. Last place in the NHL's weakest division. But hey, at least they swept Florida. 30th team, the Philadelphia Flyers. <sighs> Call Tom Cochran, Moose, because they're sinking like a sunset. Number 31, the Arizona Coyotes. How about this? An NHL worst, minus 66 and plus minus. Who th would think that it would get that golden Phoenix? Minus 66? <laughs> Ooh. And number 32, the Montreal Canadiens, St. Amour, their 23 points are worst in the NHL. It's just a sad situation. That's the top five, bottom five, courtesy of the RP Show this week. Um, moving on, I th do you want to talk about the baseball debate? We can. Or yeah. Do you have anything on that? Top five, bottom five, last night's NHL? I just anything? feel so bad. Philadelphia, they've never gone through this. Winless in 13, I mean... That's crazy. The Canucks is the interesting one, too. Is the honeymoon, the Bruce Boudreau honeymoon over? And is this the real Canucks, or is it the Canucks we saw in the win streak? We don't really know. And that's the thing last night. 50 shots against that poor backup goalie, Spencer Martin, the e-bug. And he almost won on the game. I know. Himself. So I didn't think Vancouver looked very good last night. They can't beat Edmonton. 0-3. You got to win those games within your division. So Vancouver, I they've slipped into the bottom five of the NHL as far as I'm concerned. Slipped back into it. Yeah. Okay, this is the interesting talk. So to point three or four, I'm out of order here this morning, but David Ortiz was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in his first turn on the ballot while steroid-tainted stars Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were denied entry to Cooperstown in their final year under consideration by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Big Poppy. A clutch slugger, 10-time All-Star, over 20 seasons with the Boston Red Sox, was unveiled Tuesday night. He's the fourth primary designated hitter voted into the hall. I love me some TSN. Watch it every day. I couldn't live without it. But all the networks. <laughs> hall of Fame unveiled. Bonds and Clemens not in it. Can you name one other guy besides Big Poppy that was named into the class last no, night? No, I cannot. 
What a slap in their face. I the guys that went in. Yeah. It was all about who didn't go in. And maybe, hey, what do I know, right? I'm just a podunk farmer. They're the big Toronto guys, so they know what they're doing, right? But here, here's who also was named this year's induction class. Buck O'Neill, Minnie Minoso, Gil Hodges, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott. Do you remember Kitty Shocks? Jim Cott? <laughs> now, I had Detroit Cable growing up, so I watched, you know, where we All lived. All the so, time. Right, Jim Cott. He did color for years with the Tigers. And Bud Fowler. That's the class. But they didn't get, nobody's talking about them. Bonds, Clemens, and Kurt Schilling were all rejected in their 10th and final year on the Baseball Writers of America Association ballot. So they're all, they don't, can't get in now. So our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, should, and I threw McGuire in here. Should Bonds, Clemens, and McGuire get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Let me just call this up. Where the heck is it? Uh, yeah. It's on our Twitter right On Twitter, 59% of people saying, yes, they should get in on Twitter respondents. I don't, what are they saying on YouTube, Clark? 53% say yes. So the majority rules, if 50% plus would get you in, our viewers say, yeah, put them in. And I think I'm still saying no. Uh, and yet I still kind of think Pete Rose should get in. He bet on baseball. He didn't cheat playing baseball. Right, there's a difference. And I like the old school stuff. I'm going to ask all of our guests today, and Shocks, I'll probably drag you on the air at some point, so think about it. Uh, I like old school, like Roger Maris's record went down to the steroid-tainted Mark McGuire, and later Sammy Sosa. Doesn't seem right. Yeah, Sosa, McGuire. Barry Bonds, I think, is at the top with 73. Um, that was the... For me, like the best baseball, I'm sorry, growing up, that was the best, 1998, when Sosa and McGuire were going shot for shot, like that was unbelievable. And when it was happening, I didn't really care. I wasn't thinking about steroids. I say it's like WWEF, WWF. We didn't care. Those guys Look were all it. juiced up. Entertain us. When the TV's on, I, everything's real. It's a, yeah. it's a movie. And Plus, it wasn't illegal in the 90s in Major Baseball, correct? I can't tell you that for sure. But unbelievable. There was no steroid testing. No, then. Sosa had the corked bat, which I didn't like that either. But this is sports. We know it's real. Um, there's no doubting that that's one of the greatest eras. Do we want to forget that it ever happened? No. I think there, there's a place for it. We have to remember the history of the game, and that's a huge part of the history of the game. Is some of the greatest players we've ever had, even if they did it illegally. So maybe they're not Hall of Famers, but there better be a section in the Hall of Fame remembering those An asterisk. two or three seasons, maybe a display or something. At this point today, I say no, they shouldn't get in, but because I'm not a baseball guy, and I know you baseball people have your own culture, convince me why or why not the steroid cheaters, as they say, should or shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got a minute here. In the dub last night, Connor Bedard had a golden three assists while Matthew Keeper stopped 17 shots. The Regina Pats, God's team, beat the Prince Albert Raiders 4-0 in the Brand Center. The night they honored Clark Gillies there, and the Pats were uh, stickers honoring Clark. At Swift Current, Arshdeep Baines had a golden three assists for the... For Red Deer in a 5-2 win over the Broncos. In Edmonton, Braden Yager had two goals and three assists for Moose Jaw in an 8-1 route of the Oil Kings. How about that? Yeah. 
At Seattle, Henrik Rabinski led the way for the Thunderbirds with two goals and two helpers in an 8-2 route of Spokane. And at Victoria, Pavel Novak scored the lone goal of the shootout to earn Kelowna the 4-3 victory. For our viewers in Eastern Canada, if you want to write in and tell us what happened in the O and the Q last night, you are more than welcome to do that. This is the warm-up. We're only halfway through. we still got to get to uh, NFL stuff uh, and NFL stuff. And people are upset. I know. With my take on Michael Riley. Mad that I would even bring up that maybe he's not Hall of Fame worthy in the Canadian Football League. How, how dare we even talk about this? So, yeah, lots to get to when we return. This is the warm up you're watching on Game Plus Television, live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. We're also live on YouTube and 24 Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.